Welcome to the Bible Feed Podcast, a place for conversations about the Bible and faith in the modern world, where ordinary people come together to help each other understand the Bible better. Let's get started. So, hi Paul. Hi Dan. Good, we're here to talk about prophecy. Um, we, a group of us, talk about Bible topics on a, on a regular basis and uh, from time to time we'd like to talk about those in a, in a bit more detail and we thought it's a great idea to to discuss this and talk a little bit more about Bible prophecy, what it is, uh, how it can help in reading the Bible, those sorts of things and uh, we'll, we'll get into one specific prophecy won't we? We certainly will yeah so the, um, the, the kind of topic that we were considering was about prophecy and faith and how how those two things work together. Um, and, and we concentrated on one particular prophecy, which was the, uh, the image in Daniel chapter two. I'm sure a lot of people are, are familiar with that. You know, we'll come on to describe it in a bit more yeah. detail, but that's what we're yeah. If you're not familiar, you can Google it. Yeah. Daniel yeah. two image, it'll come up. <laughs> real, real time footage yeah. of, the, yeah. of the dream, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, good, so you know, prophecy is not, it's fair to say it's not everyone's cup of tea, is it, in, you know, even people who know the Bible, read the Bible, it's, it's not necessarily people's first port of call. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's define what we mean, first of all. So Paul, you know, what is, what is prophecy? Yeah, and that's uh, you know, a sensible place to start. Um, it, and, it's, I, and I think there's a meaning that we attach to the English word, prophecy, which tends to be all about predicting the future. And mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you think of uh, Nostradamus and uh, you know, other... Um, things like that which tend to be about predicting what is going to happen in the future i mean it's it's a typical human interest subject you know what is going to happen in, and and so the english word has got that meaning attached to it but um when we look at it in the bible and and we start to look at passages and parts of the bible that are called prophecy, um it's a much broader topic than that it's uh, it's it's a word which means something broader than that and, and perhaps means more speaking god's message and uh, the the, the word itself in the Hebrew means something like to, to bubble forth. So it has okay. this idea of... Fizzy drink. Yeah, of, yeah of, of speaking something, speaking a message from, from God. Um, and we have, for example, you know, David who wrote the Psalms, uh, a lot of the Psalms, is called a prophet. Um, okay. You don't tend to think of the Psalms as prophecy, as mm-hmm. predicting. You know, there are some aspects of prediction of Jesus in there, but mm-hmm. it's a much broader term than just predicting what's going to happen in church. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, was, I was going to say, because the, the, the section of the Hebrew Bible in the sort of traditional Jewish mm. order called the prophets, yeah. it includes a, a lot of the books that we would call history books, isn't it? So, you know, the, the narratives, yeah. you know, Joshua and, and Kings yeah. And, yeah. and so on. Um, so, yeah, prophets, the, the prophets is more, you know, the collection of writings written by the prophets who were writing or talking on God's behalf. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, interesting you say David as well, because he's, you know the sort of the figurehead behind the the book of psalms which is in the the other section the writings so so yeah prophets is, is very broad then isn't it yeah and then i suppose moses is called a prophet um so you've got yeah. you know prophecy in all, all of those major components of the old testament um, yeah text the uh, all the prophets and the writings yeah okay yeah so nothing to do with telling the future then or sometimes well, that doesn't mean it's not to do with telling the future okay. um and uh, and i and i suppose you know, there's different people approach prophecy in different ways and think about it in different ways and, and have different attitudes to it, I suppose. Um, and uh, be interested to see, see how, you, how you think of it. But it, 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 sometimes people go into lots of detail of, of specific passages 
in the book of Daniel, for example, or the book of Revelation in the New Testament, and, and work through history and, and attach um, particular symbols to particular events in history um, and, and, and use that to, to seek to predict what will happen next. And, and that goes into a lot of detail of the symbols and interpreting symbols and, uh, and you know, events. And for some people, that, that just isn't their bag. You know, it, it just, they just find it difficult to retain historical information and get confused by it. Yeah, I, I mean, speaking personally, I've, I've always sort of found that kind of approach to Daniel and to Revelation, to those sorts of parts of, of the Bible as, uh, you know, almost searching out the code or, you know, trying to sort of un- unravel uh, sort of a hidden meaning yeah. or, or something, which which seemed to feel very different from reading other parts of the Bible, you, you know, when you start to read the Bible, you read it in context, you're trying to understand the, the background, the historical setting, etc, mm. etc. Et and for sure, the, the prophe- prophets, the pro- prophecy is a different genre sort of in itself, isn't it? But, but yeah, it, it, it was, it's tricky to switch into that mode. Um, and, and yeah, we, we've got to be sure that's the right sort of approach, I suppose. Yeah, so. I, I get that partly touches on the, the question of, of whether the words of a prophet you know, someone speaking God's message, whether that message meant something to the people that he was talking yeah. to at the time, or whether it was locked up in, in some way and yeah. can only be interpreted by someone in you know, hundreds, thousands of years later with, with a key, if you like, to, yeah. to unlock, unlock that code. Um, you know, personally, I, I tend to think it's, it's better to start with, you know, while there might be, and we'll look at Daniel 2 yeah. and we'll see that there is a long term um, potential in some of these prophecies, um, but it's it's always better to think about what these things meant to the original audience and build on that as a method of interpreting. Um, and that 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 I think is a much more helpful way of, of of helping getting these prophets to speak to us in our daily lives as well. Sure, and just what you just said sort of made me think of sort of two passages. The first you, you already talked about David being referred to as a prophet, yeah. uh, which is in Acts two, where yeah. it says, "Being therefore a prophet and knowing." that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne for sore and spoke about the resurrection of Christ. So something about that Psalm 16, which he's referring to, is dependent on David knowing something. Yeah. So it meant something to him and to his sort of, you know, immediate hearers and readers. But then the other passage is the passage in Peter that talks about the prophets who sort of inquired what yeah. the things of Christ that they were talking about as if they didn't fully understand. So perhaps, the, you know, there is these two elements and like you say, Let's focus first on yeah. how the original readers would have understood that then that yeah. might then help us to determine yeah. what, what can sort of be beyond uh, that original meaning. That's, uh, that's, I guess, what you're trying to say. Yeah, and, and actually there's a, there's a useful, I mean, you've referred to the first epistle of Peter, um, which refers to the prophets kind of searching, uh, you know, how the spirit of Christ might be reflected in, in their life experiences and their their sufferings um but even that there's there's some immediate it's specifically about the spirit of christ and the sufferings of christ you know a lot of the prophets were persecuted and and were badly treated uh, for what they for the message that they were trying to convey and at the same time they were also aware of there's there's a promise of a, a greater prophet there's a promise of the messiah there's a promise of a future king and so they're sort of look well is this is what's happening to me a a prediction, a reflection of mm. of what that better kind of human being, that better mm. um, king, messiah, or whatever the terminology is, might appear. Um, and, and just 
perhaps continuing on that on that thought in the second letter, second epistle of Peter, mm -hmm. um, and the first chapter, we have the apostle Peter there talking about, and I'm looking at verse 16, he says, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he's probably talking about the transfiguration when Peter, mm -hmm. James and John saw Jesus kind of transformed into a, a glorious appearance uh, on Mount, Mount Hermon. Uh, and he talks about this in verse 17, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son. Um, and then he says in verse 19, and so we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. So Peter's kind of saying, I, I've seen Jesus and I'm witnessing to having seen Jesus in glory. And knowing that, that now more fully confirms a lot of the words of the prophets hmm. from from the past and we have those words now more fully confirmed because we know about jesus now we, we've seen jesus and we know who this messiah is and, and that so that hmm. aspect and this does come through in this daniel chapter 2 vision that we'll talk about in a minute uh, so so yeah so that that kind of takes us through i guess from the from the prophets that were looking how their life experience might predict those things and then now peter saying we've seen it and those prophetic words are more fully confirmed hmm. as a result hmm. and it was about jesus yeah okay yeah so that's that's sort of uh you know how predictive prophecy can be um both for have meaning for the people there at the time and how it can then be fulfilled later in in, in jesus as it were yeah um i suppose um i mean uh, i don't know if we're gonna come on to this in daniel but is there uh are there examples of what of prophecies what its purpose is for the people at the time or you know what yeah, and, and and this this sort of you know the the key issue that that we were addressing in our in our discussion of this this topic was is is prophecy something that leads to faith or is it the other way around you know does does faith faith come first um, and 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 that's that sort of understanding well what's the purpose of prophecy if, yeah, if exactly. prophecy is just about predicting something that's going to happen in the future and then when you see that thing happen there's that's what gives you faith. Mm. Um, or is it the other way round that you you need to have faith first in order to see something as prophecy? Okay, yeah. Um, I suppose the first one it could also be not purely uh, you see prophecy and then it happens to give you faith, yeah. but you could see a prophecy that you then see that has also happened since yeah. that then could give faith, and uh, as well, isn't it? That's probably a similar. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So okay. So the question is, what's the point of this? Yeah. Is it is it something? to generate a faith in someone or is it someone already believing that can then you know take yeah. these words as prophetic and therefore from god and a message to them to do something yeah and, and i think i think we'll see you know to kind of fudge the answer to the question i suppose <laughs> i think we'll see both i think we'll see prophecy achieving both things okay um to some degree um and let's take an example of one one from the old testament and one from the one from the okay let's, let's do that yeah so so the Old Testament example, let's take it from uh, the end of, it's actually the, the chapters that appear, I think, right at the end of the, of the, of the Hebrew scriptures. Okay, yeah. Although in our English Bible, it's, it's in the middle. It's, it's second of Chronicles, chapter 36. And we've got a few verses there that, in a way, summarize the history of what's gone before, um, a few words. And, and it refers to what the prophets, what they were doing, what was their role. And so in 2 Chronicles 36 and verse 14, um, we have this description of the people of Israel and their leaders, the priests, transgressing and going after all sorts of abominations of the na nations around them. 
polluting the house, uh, the, the temple of the Lord, uh, which and verse 15, the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by, by his messengers. These are the, the prophets rising up early and sending because he had compassion on his people and on, on his dwelling place. So the purpose of those messengers was, was to bring about a chain mm. in, in this group of people that were, that were going away from God. Now, they, were, they were God's people, but they were going away from God. But they, verse 16, they mocked these messengers and despised his words and misused and ill-treated his prophets. So, so in that passage, you know, there's that summary of, of the Old Testament history pretty much in a nutshell. The, the purpose of the prophets being sent was, come on, people, change. I, yeah. I, I want you to change. And unless you change, these bad things are going to happen. So there's the predictive bit. But the main force of the message of the yeah. prophet, you know, and a lot of what the prophet spoke about is, is issues of social justice and, yeah. you know, stop oppressing the fatherless and the widows and the poor yeah. and taking people's land and accumulating. Let these slaves go free. And yeah. 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 So all, all sorts of things like that. And, and, and the, and that's the primary message of, of the prophets is, is to bring about that change. And sometimes they use really powerful imagery, yeah. colorful language, um, which is, which is great to read. Uh, when, yeah. When you think of, of what it must have been like to, to receive that message. So I suppose we're talking about people like in the narratives, people like Elijah and Elisha, who don't yeah. have books attached to them, but then also yeah. in the prophetic books, the literature, we're talking yeah. about Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, yeah. and, and others as, yeah. as well. Sort of. And it goes, you know, there are prophets all the way through that, that history of, of Israel, um, Ezekiel yeah. and, and to Daniel. Yeah, in the time of Daniel, sort of after it's after that exile's happened, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, yeah but other other of the so-called minor prophets are, are, are there as well, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. that that was the Old Testament example. The New Testament example is is the Book of Revelation. So, so the Old Testament example, the, those prophets, the the. Uh, the predictions they're making, you know, in general, they, yeah. they don't want to happen. <laughs> they no. Yeah, they, they're saying, look, this, this terrible judgment's going to happen, but yeah. we want you to change. Yeah. That's, that's the whole yeah. point of it, isn't it? Yeah, okay, and, good. And I guess, you know, you could argue in, in certain periods of time, there was a reformation, you know, maybe mm. Hezekiah and Josiah, mm. and, and, and maybe it didn't happen at, yeah. at that yeah. time, um, but it happened later. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's the storyline of the book of Jonah, isn't it, actually? Uh, the storyline yeah. of the, yeah. the Gentile city receiving yeah. the word of a prophet who hardly says anything and yet they repent far yeah. greater than the people yeah. of israel do yeah. so that whole narrative constructed to, to sort of yeah. you know shake israel and judah into look this is how you should be reacting yeah so, yeah. yeah good okay so old testament we've, we've looked at that give us your new testament example yeah so new testament book of revelation is probably the book that jumps out of the new testament as as uh, you know having the, the prophecy label attached to it and uh, in it's um, all very clear isn't it, it it's uh, yeah it's uh, it's an interesting book to study um so revelation chapter one and verse three um says blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things uh, that are written in this prophecy and so you know the instruction right at the beginning is hear this and, and the word sort of means re- read hear it read aloud so which is how people would have would have heard this yeah. in the in the first century um and keep it and do, you know, do something, keep the things that are written. So it, again, it's right at the beginning of that. It's hear this and, and let it affect you in some way. Yeah, do something about yeah. it. So it, it, it affects what you go away and do yeah. for the rest of your life. And, yeah. you know, in very brief summary, it's the message is basically don't give allegiance to human powers like the Roman emperor, but give allegiance to Christ and to God. Yeah. And that's what all the dragon and the beast yeah. and the 
yeah yeah okay yeah that's uh, that's for another time <laughs> yeah but but it, but it's again yeah. it's easy to get drawn into those symbols and think this sure. symbol means that this symbol means that but and, and lose sight of that the purpose of it is for yeah. someone to do something with it and so that's that's what we have to try and derive from um okay good okay so purpose of it it seems even if it's got some type of prediction element attached to it the purpose is to penetrate into human behavior that's effectively what it what it is a you know word from god a message from god god's message yeah. to to try and effect a, a change really isn't it um is there is there anything else about the purpose who it's for or anything else that you um, think yeah i mean we'll, we'll come on now i think to to think about how it we've spoken mostly about how it affects the immediate hearers and, and mm. to them about making a change um but we'll come on to the prediction of Okay, yeah. well um it, it's probably worth just noting because it is so clear in the terms that it says in in um when paul writes to the corinthians in his first first epistle okay. um um he talks about let me just um put this up from the uh the esc so 1 corinthians 1 corinthians 14 and uh 22 so he's talking about various things that people are able to do um with gifts of the holy spirit like speaking tongues or prophesy one of them is is the gift of prophecy um and he says in, in verse 22, thus tongues, so speaking in, a, in foreign languages, are a sign, not for believers, but for the unbelievers. So it's for you know, going out and talking to people who speak those languages. Um, so it's for, it's for the promulgation of, of the gospel um, for unbelievers. While prophecy is a sign, not for the unbelievers, but for the believers. So it, it seems primarily it's, it's for those that already have faith. Yeah. Uh, and and it's and it's a it's something for for them an, an encouragement a warning and, and so on. So mm. okay, well, word from God to believers is is yeah. prophecy. That's yeah. kind of what we're what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, what, should we sketch out Daniel two? Is that what we yeah. want to do next? Yeah. So so while I think it's fair to say that the main thrust and force of prophetic writing and speaking is is for that kind of do something about it, do something with your life kind of purpose. Mm. There are occasions when it speaks about the longer term, the broader storyline, the broader narrative and sweep of, of God's purpose. And I think in Daniel chapter two, we do have an example of that. And, and in a sense that can, because we can look back and see how it was fulfilled. Uh, and that can uh, you know, maybe lead to faith in someone that didn't have a faith. So it can serve that purpose as well. So Daniel, Daniel two is, uh, is this occasion when the king of Babylon in this magnificent city in Babylon, which is where Daniel was, who was a Jewish exile, uh, who had been um, taken captive and, and moved to the city of Babylon. This king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, saw this dream, um, which disturbed him, desperately wanted to understand the significance of it. Um, turns out it, it was, you know, in the narrative, it's a dream from God. And, uh, but, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar is not stupid. He realizes that a lot of his dream interpreters around him might be just making things up uh -huh. uh, when he tells them about his dreams. So he kind of makes it a little bit harder for them and says, you tell me what I dreamt and, uh, and then the interpretation, then I'll know you've got it. Yeah. 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 Cause you'll know that there's yeah. some, yeah, yeah. Something divine going on. Yeah. And he throws in a threat of death if they fail to do it as well. So as you do so, when you're king, so the stakes are quite oh. high. Um, and, uh, and Daniel is, is, is in that group of, of uh, wise men and counselors in the court of the king of Babylon. Uh, he prays to God and, uh, and the chapter then tells us that he received explanation of the vision and, and the, um, the interpretation of from God. And he goes on to describe to the king his dream, uh, which is of a statue, uh, which is made up of different metals. So it has a head of gold, 
It has a chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, feet of a mixture of iron and clay. And this wasn't just a nice dream, was it? It says it was frightening. Its appearance was frightening. This was a yes. nightmare, this was, yes. wasn't it? This, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like to imagine the, the image moving somehow. I mean, it probably yeah. wasn't, but, yeah. you know, weird yeah. things happen in dreams, don't they? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, it terrified him, this did, didn't it? Yeah. it uh, yes, uh, you can. And it, the, the sense of the, of the language at the beginning of Daniel 2 is that he, he may, maybe this was troubling him all night. It, you know, this mm. wasn't asleep for half an hour had a dream and woke up this a recurring night sort of a recurring thing through the through, yeah. through the night so it left its impression on him but but that wasn't the end of the the vision because he then saw a stone that was cut out and without hands and and that struck the image on the feet toppled it kind of grounded up and then this stone grew to uh, to fill the earth to be a mountain as it does yeah good so a very very so that's daniel explaining the dream to uh, to the king and, uh, and, and he then goes on to explain the, um, the interpretation of it. And, and, and it starts off quite straightforward um, because essentially he says, you, O king, um, and, uh, and he explains how, how mighty and wonderful he is. You, O king, with all your power and concentrated wealth, you are the head of gold. Okay. Uh, so that, that's pretty clear. And that's, yeah, that's, not, that's, that's, the, that's there and then in front of it. Not prediction. No, it's not, not prediction. Prophecy. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for the yeah. semantic correction. So word, word for a message from God. You yeah. are this head of gold, prophetic message, but not predictive because he's right there. Yeah. And and then he goes on, and and it's quite it's quite short explanation. It says basically, after you, another kingdom will arise. Okay. Um, and that'll be inferior. And after that, another one will arise. In the dream. With that's the um, chest and arms of silver. Okay. Yeah. So it's going through the metals. Yeah. So it's going down the image from the head yeah. to the chest and arms of silver. Then the belly and thighs of another kingdom. Says another, yeah. another kingdom that will have rule over all the earth. Okay. And there's these legs of iron. It's a great, fourth terrible fourth king. Okay. Um, and then this mixture. A messy kingdom. Uh, yeah. And okay. and it's you know and it's it's pretty easy to actually trace through the history of the rise and fall of major empires and see that you know the silver is the Medes and the Persians. Silver seems appropriate because they taxed their empire with silver coinage and it was made up of Medes and Persians, so two arms, it kind of fits quite nicely. Um, and then you have the bronze, um, the brazen-coated Greeks, they're the next major power in the Middle East. And, uh, and again, that splits into a sort of north and south, um, the Seleucid portion in what is Turkey today and the Ptolemaic portion, which, is, which was in Egypt today, what is Egypt today. Uh, and then you move into the legs and, you know, after the Greeks, you have the Roman power uh, and that has two legs. There was an Eastern and Western Roman. So it, it all seems to flow mm. pretty nicely through, through history. Uh, yeah, a, so that's history as we now know it. Yeah. But was future yeah. to the storyline yeah. in Daniel. Yeah. So you definitely have something here which projects into the future well beyond the lifetime of Daniel and the King of Babylon that he was explaining this to. Um, and you can kind of understand why the king of Babylon might have been interested in this because he's built this great empire. He's going to mm. think, well, I'm not going to live forever. What's going to come afterwards? Mm. And this is sort of a... So it does go well beyond um, the lifetime of, of Daniel, king of Babylon. Okay, so it, 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 it goes beyond the lifetime. This is predictive prophecy a message to the king um it it just strikes me it's interesting because the very next next chapter nebuchadnezzar this is perhaps yeah. going on a bit of a yeah. tangent but nebuchadnezzar 
builds himself a statue completely of gold in the next chapter, doesn't he? Um, yeah. It's almost as if he's like saying, well, actually, this predictive prophecy isn't going to change me. I'm going to defy this man from God. Yeah. I'm going to make this whole statue of gold. So just sort of thinking, you know, the, the predictive element of it always does seem to somehow come back to, you know, how are you going to react? How are you going to yeah. change? How, how are you going to make your choices in life, yeah. uh, you know, as a consequence of, of having this revealed to you? So, yeah. sure. Okay. So, so predict, you know, that, does that then lead to faith if it's sort of uh, for sure, if it's definite, um, yeah. definitely a prophecy given before these things happened? We can be sure these, you know, of the interpretation. We can be sure of the history. Now that seems like that would be sort of, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, without any, without flaw, really. Um, is yeah. there any sort of counter? Is there anything we need to sort of think through about that? Yeah, and, and it's it seems so. Um, it seems to flow with history so so well, um, and provide yeah a pretty watertight mapping out of of the major powers that were to come. Um, but it, it's fair to say that there are, um, you know, there's a, there's a body of opinion and, and, and of scholars of, of the text of the Bible who aren't necessarily coming at it from a, a point of view of, of, um, of there being a God and it being, you know, a revelation from God, um, who approach it in, in a different way. And, 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 they, and there are two things that, that, they, that they do, which changes the positioning of the, of the book of Daniel, if you like. So, so if... If Daniel, Daniel chapter two, is not predictive prophecy, then two other things need to change. You know, one is that it wasn't a piece of writing produced in the sixth century BC, which is when Daniel was was supposed to have lived. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and scholars, some scholars, move it to about the second century. Sure. Yeah. Four hundred years later. So maybe it's someone writing this, making it up, yeah. writing it after. Yeah. yeah, the supposed event had happened. And, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, sort of pseudepigraphical. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's one thing that, that would need to be done. The second thing that would need to be done is to change the interpretation of those stages of the image, the, the metals of the image. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather What's than... The, well, rather than if, if the, writ, the book was written around about the second century BC, okay. it's, it's, it's put around about 167 BC. Well, mm-hmm. Um, if it's put then, then the writer would know about the Greek Empire, but wouldn't know about the Roman Empire. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so, so the other thing that needs to change is is the interpretation of those metals, and and the way that's normally done is they change to you know, the head is still Babylon, the silver is the Medes, the bronze is the Persians, and the legs of iron are the Greek, and and then it kind of becomes okay. obscure and mixed beyond that um, in the feet. So, so, it, so those two things, when those two things are argued for together then you could you could argue that this is not predictive prophecy. Um, but there are a couple of responses to that, which yeah. I think it's worth um, just, just talking yeah. about. So firstly, about the moving the writing of it from the 6th century to the 2nd century. The yeah. argument for that is largely based around there are some Persian and Greek words that are used in the book. Not very many, probably half a dozen or so. Okay. And the argument is, because those words have been used, it couldn't have been written 600 years BC. It must have been written much later. Okay. Um, the... The scholarly consensus around that has moved since that original argument was put mm-hmm. And now the consensus is that, you know, the date of Daniel and the writing of it can't be determined by those linguistic arguments. And that actually the language that's used is compatible with it being written in the okay. 6th century BC. So that... Yeah, uh, so maybe they did know Persian words earlier than they thought they did. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and also the, the structure of the of the book. Um, it's sometimes argued that there's chapters one to six are third person accounts of things that happened to Daniel and his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was older. That was an older book. And then chapters seven to 12, which yeah. have a lot of the visions in and it's first person. So it's Daniel saying, I, Daniel, saw this, that and the other. Um, that was added on. The, the problem with that is there's another chunk of the book which runs from chapter two to the end of chapter seven, which is overlaps those two sections. And that chunk is all in Aramaic and it has a structure of its own. So without going into any more detail of that, right. that strongly argues that the full 12 chapters that we have yeah. were composed as a, as a unity rather than being an, old, an older section. That a complicated, late. complex yeah. uh, literary structure yes. within the book, yeah. which argues for yeah. it being a, a unity yeah. whenever it was written first. Yeah. But yeah, okay, go on. And, and perhaps the, the third point, which I think is the strongest point actually, is the, um, the Qumran community, which is the, uh, the users of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, the famous so, scrolls and jars. Yeah, yeah. So they had the Book of Daniel um, in their yeah. authoritative scriptures. Yeah, you know, 150 years BC or earlier. Okay, and so that then really doesn't leave enough time for a, a new prophetic composition to mm. be made at 160 BC for it to be circulated and arrive in an isolated community like the Qumran mm. community. Um, you know, that just wouldn't happen in 20 years. And accepted and as accepted an authoritative. As, as of, yes. The antiquity of the text is an important criteria for a, an isolationist community like sure. the yeah. Right. Yeah, when, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't, the timing just doesn't fit. And is, is that the earliest date that we have a scroll of, of Daniel, a fragment from the Dead Sea Scrolls? I, uh, yes, I think it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. Which is why the, the late date can't be pushed out and even later yeah. has to be in that time in the Greek Empire period. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But like you say, yeah, actually you, you, you've got to make a, a lot of assumptions yeah. um, for that. So, okay. So that, that kind of deals with the, the first part yeah. of that, that approach to it. The second part in terms of changing the interpretation, um, which has the Medes as a separate empire um, from the Persians. The, the difficulty with that is historically there is no separate Median empire. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't really accord with history. Um, so what Daniel, means too? They just sort of joined in? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's an alliance. It becomes known as the Persian uh, Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Daniel, whenever he refers to, to them, refers to them together as the Medes and the Persian. Okay, so in the book of Daniel. Within Daniel chapter 8, yeah. Yeah, it's always the Medes yeah. and Persians, yeah. yeah. And, and there's also, you know, you can go right back to the first century and Jewish scholars and Christian uh, mm-hmm. readers of the Bible are interpreting these things and they all consistently, from the first century onwards, interpret it as you know, Babylon, Medes and Persians, Greece, then Rome. Mm. So, you know, it's not until modern scholars, mm. really, that the idea of changing. Mm. So I think that puts us on a pretty strong footing. That, yeah, okay, yeah. That we have got something that is predictive prophecy. Yeah, okay. So I suppose, yeah. So if you say, okay, let's, let's imagine, for the sake of argument, that it's a late text, um, you still... Have, it still looks as if it's talking about Babylon, Medes and Persians, Greeks, and then Rome, which still yeah. would have come after. And then, of course, after the Rome, the empire disintegrated into sort of just, you know, it, it, I, I guess we're talking about the region, aren't we? We're not talking yes. about world as in the world as we know it. We're talking about that that region, the, you yeah, know, the, the Middle the East, East, yeah, the East. civilization. Like. Sure, yeah, yeah. And how that's just sort of disintegrated. And, and there was no dominant power. 
in mm. the, you know, it's the area where the land of Israel is. As yeah, well, which is the that. focus of the biblical sort of narrative, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So even if you accept a late date, there's still some element of prediction there. Um, yeah. But actually, that's that's hard to argue for anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, accepting a late date isn't yeah. Yeah. isn't necessarily the, the right thing to do anyway. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, so, so we have so so yeah. It, it's striking then, doesn't it? I suppose if if you sort of accept that, then that here is a prophecy or mm. a prophetic word which which is predictive, um, and it you can look back and these sort these things if yeah. you take it as predictive in its entirety as it as it yeah. claims to be, those things have happened. Um, so yeah, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? I suppose that could lead to faith. In, in that sense, yeah. um, I suppose... maybe just just to round off that point, because the vision finished with a stone. This stone, mm. which appears out of nowhere, it's not. It doesn't hasn't come from a human source. That's the mm. implication of that scripture, and it strikes the image. And we think about that passage we looked at in uh, in Peter. So he's saying, "I've seen Jesus. I've been a witness to Jesus in his in his glory and in his uh, in his resurrection, and that has more fully confirmed the prophetic mm. word." And now, you know, and Jesus is often likened to a stone, you know, the chief cornerstone mm-hmm. um, and so on. And, and so now, now we've got, from our perspective, the, the word more fully confirmed, if you like, because this, this stone is Jesus. And, and we know now that that's Jesus. Mm. So it, it's giving shape and tangible reality to, to what that closing part of the vision was. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the first opening lines of the, the letter to the Hebrews, isn't it? God spoke in long ago in different ways through the prophets yeah. but now he's spoken through his son son yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah all these things that were sort of talked about in, in different ways these prophetic words messages from god they're now wrapped up in this person jesus who sort of brings these things to to a climax really yeah. and um, yeah okay yeah. And, and i guess uh, i suppose just to sort of round round off what what we've talked about um that then leaves well, it leaves Nebuchadnezzar with a sort of a, a challenge or a choice, doesn't it? There and then, um, and anyone reading this book, um, but including us now, so it, it leaves you and me and, and anyone a sort of a you know a challenge to or a, you know what, what, how are you going to respond to the fact here that here is a prophetic message from God with an element of prediction in it um, that's kind of showing. Um, to us that God does want to act to sort of you know change the the way the system of doing things the sort of the way that humanity and oppressive human regimes sort of tend to tend to tend to do things uh, it's a sort of a call it's, it goes back to this call to action doesn't it yeah. I suppose yeah which is what prophecy yeah. what it was all there for all along yeah is that how, how you'd say it? even this so even this 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 dream this terrifying statue is a is there to yeah it's an you to yeah, it's almost a now that we know the stone is jesus the choice becomes do you mm. because actually we are you know we're living as part of that image in a sense you know we're part of we're living under human government sure yeah um, and and so you know the way they're described is they last for a while then they collapse and something else comes along that lasts for a while mm. it collapses something else comes the stone which we now know is jesus is something that that lasts forever yeah um, are, are you going to kind of point your yeah build your life and your allegiance on that or or on a human government that's going to last sure, a while yeah. and pass away yeah yeah and ultimately that stone is a mountain that fills the whole world yeah. which you know so that's that's the the, the direction that things yeah. will ultimately go in so uh, which is a, a comfort um yeah. it, it is 
especially with the sort of predictive power of this chapter. So good. Okay. I, I think that's probably is that is there anything else you want to touch on or have we no, summed I, it up? I think I think we've done it. Yeah. To to you know in, in a short amount of time it's a bit high level, but I, I think we've managed to get to the sort of you know the part of the issues surrounding you know in this this topic we've tried to summarize prophecy what it is a predictive uh, a a word from from god a message from god uh, speaking on god's behalf the prophets were and sometimes it was predictive not always it was always uh, to design to sort of call someone to behave in a certain way or call out bad behavior it was to encourage that change in direction and uh, and part of the prediction element of that was in some way uh, declaring God's outworking of his, his purpose in sort of the long term, pointing to the spirit of Christ who would, yeah. who would come, Jesus. Um, but even that is there and designed to, as a, as a call to action, to, to sort of choose who you follow. And I think that sort of sums up what we've, what we've just talked about, um, which has been great. So thank you very much, Paul. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll do something like this again and, and see you next time. You've been listening to the Bible Feed podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're always keen to hear what you think, hear your questions or subjects you'd like us to discuss. Get in touch with us on our Facebook page or send a message from our webpage at biblefeed.org and be part of the journey.